Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Cheryl Salazar, owner of High Road Management Training, a management training company committed to helping people become excellent managers. And they provide online and in-person training and coaching to managers all different stages in their career to become better equipped to handle the craziness that comes with managing people. Oh my gosh. Yes, that is absolutely crazy. I'm sure you've got so many stories and worldly wisdom. So Cheryl, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you for being here. Um, Can you expand a bit more on that quick introduction? Let us know, you know, where are you today with your business and who is it that you love to work with? Well, I really have spent a lot of my career working with newer level managers, but I really love helping people fine tune and find their, you know, sort of everyday stride that's going to take them through a nice long managerial career. Um, I love to see them expand their skills from what they thought were good or good enough, right, to like really helping their team thrive. And that's kind of where we're at now. We are looking for, you know, more of those dream clients that we can really help them hone their craft as being a manager in whatever industry they're in. Yeah. So time and time again, what do you find that your when your clients come to you and they engage with you? What is like the first hurdle, barrier, challenge that you traditionally see every single time that needs to be rectified, looked at, maybe even seen and been aware of? Yeah, thank you for that question. Um, So realistically, it's almost always a communication problem. Um, Uh You know, they feel like they're, they've got good relationships, but a lot of times they're not digging deep to really tackle kind of the underlying issues with things. They're like, things are going ho-hum, that's great, but they're not really addressing any of the underlying issues, no matter how small, right? Like they're not, you know, nipping the bud on some of those like office annoyances that everybody hates or, you know, um, like addressing just little productivity issues like, oh, it's no big deal. It's not that bad or things like that. But if you're kind of nipping those in the bud, then they don't grow into these bigger problems, right? And bigger issues. And they're not breeding resentment behind the scenes. So can I ask a stupid question? Sure. 
why why because if these are challenges that they see time and time again and they can see the knock-on effects why are these things just avoided and left to fester until it gets to a point where it's like fuck now there's a real problem now there's a real fire <laughs> i i don't know i mean i when i was a manager that is something that would like drive me nuts right when yeah. i was first starting out i was like oh it's not that big of a deal right yeah. but then you start seeing it grow and grow and grow so realistically you know managers that don't address some of the smaller issues are either trying to be people's friends mm. right not trying to cause waves in the office or they feel too busy to be you know nipping all of these buds right like i mean mm. why do we why do we leave our gardens to kind of go to weeds sometimes it's like oh i'm too busy for that right or i can't get out there i can't bring myself to do it because it's so much little busy work and so yeah. i think that's that's really the why behind why managers allow some of these little problems to to sort of fester at the surface for a while okay well where is that and where is that so it sounds like at the time it's focused it's crumbs maybe finding ourselves in, as a business owner let's, let's talk about this because finding ourselves in a position when we first go into business and doing the job we want to do and then realizing oh shit we, we have to do the marketing the sales the admin as well as fulfillment and i have to do all there's a lot that takes on and we talk about the accidental entrepreneur so let's go into your word a little bit more with the accidental leader the accidental management as we go through employment and and become this and hit this next role it's like super we wanted this and now Oh shit, the 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 nice attitude, the the being friends. Now you have to become a different persona, a leader. That change in personality and, and style, those things have got you to that level that you now need to change about your identity. What's that transition and perspective like for for your clients? For some people, it's really difficult. Um, you know, some people, they feel like they really have to become somebody else. Right. And then other people, it's really natural. They, they lean on their relationships to, to get their, you know, friends or, you know, ex peers, right. To, to continue to do the job that they were hired to do. And those people that are sort of in the unfamiliar waters, I hear time and time again, like, why can't they just do their job? Right. And it, that's the part that, it's like, so just, okay, you're not listening to what they need from you as mm. a manager. And they're telling you by not doing their job that there's something that they need. And so taking the time to have weekly one-on-ones or even bi-weekly one-on-ones and having regular staff meetings that your staff feel comfortable talking mm. to you and telling you what's really going on versus like just applauding, you know, breakthroughs and like accomplishments, right? There's, there's the nitty gritty that you need to talk about on the daily and make it a regular occurrence. So that way mm -hmm. people are comfortable coming to you when there's a problem, or even if it's not yet a problem, something that they're seeing down the road, right? Like if they're comfortable bringing up like a little speed bump that they're having, well, they're really going to feel a lot better about coming to you when something major is happening versus you know, coming to you with their tail between their legs and, you know, not wanting to show their face because they yeah. made a big mistake. Right. 
So you oh, want... Let's, I want to yeah. tie that, that back because something you said just a few minutes ago, which which I want to sort of encapsulate within one one principle, one, one question. What role am I playing in all of this? If we can just hold space for that, because you said there was a, a situate the situations where you know how have I created this? What, 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 I'm not communicating effectively enough. It's not, what are they doing wrong? Why can't they do it? It's like, hold on. There's two people here. What role am I playing in this? What, what haven't I done? Obviously I've not explained eloquently enough. Obviously I haven't set the parameters for them, the expectations, the assumptions, all this stuff. So if we can pause and bring ourselves back into okay, what, what role did I play? How am I actually fueling this situation? First of all, it gives you some responsibility. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't, but it gives you the power back to know what to do. So I love that you kind of dropped that in. Um, so as as these leaders start to find themselves in a powerful position and start to look at themselves for what did we do here? What is the knock-on effect of how it impacts? Huh, maybe not just their team but but themselves as 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 the human in the role right well i mean as a as a manager or leader you're responsible for your team right like just as a parent is responsible for their children right they've got to teach them the ways of the workplace right yeah. good and don't ever do that here kind of things as well and right. you know if somebody's not behaving we'll use behaving right or being productive or, you know, being effective in their role. It's the manager's job to kind of get them back into alignment with what's going on. Right. And if they're not doing that, then there is a disconnect in communication, either from the manager setting appropriate expectations on how the work product needs to be done or what the, you know, the appropriate standard is, or it's just, they're not happy in their role. They're not happy with what they're doing. It's not fulfilling enough for them, right? And, you know, sometimes as a manager, you've got to either give them, I call it a come to Jesus talk, right? Like either get on on the boat or you're staying behind, right? So um, really finding that comfortability with talking with your staff is, is really the, the key to understanding how your staff are productive and understanding why they're not doing their job. And Mm -hmm. so really talking to them and taking ownership of really why that's not happening as a manager, like that's, it's really on you when people are Mm -hmm. not performing. It's, it's the manager's responsibility, right? If somebody just isn't, Let's let's bring yeah. up up the up the sort of the, the line um, because yeah obviously this is the unforget yourself show so it's not about they need to do this or they need to do this like no bring it back into to to you so the business owner the manager um, and you mentioned the comfort so they need to be comfortable having these hard conversations they need to be comfortable with changing the way they approach and the clarity in which they need to communicate why. Why is it for them, not for the the recipients, but for that leader, that manager? Why are these transitions so hard? What gets in their way? I think the transitions are difficult for people 
coming into a management role because they they're obviously good at the job that they had before right that's typically why someone gets promoted is they were doing an excellent job at whatever role they had and mm. right and so especially if they are getting promoted in the same company and so now they are in this new role they've got to prove that they deserve this new role because of probation right and so they've got to be the star they've got to really show that they can hold their own and when people aren't performing well typically in their previous role they're not trained how to do that they're not trained how to nurture a teammate nurture a staff member to be more productive and mm. so yeah I, I want to, sorry I want, I want to take those concepts beautifully outlined there and be like okay Obviously, this show is directed primarily towards, yeah, those leaders, those CEOs, those people with their own business, not necessarily employed. However, I know mm -hmm. there's a lot of people through employment that listen to this. The principles are the same. So everything you've described there through the employment ladder, um, be the star, hold their own. I'm like, there's a double-edged sword. That's me, me, me. You step up, it's on you rather than, hey, I'm going to let my team excel. What can I do to make them shine so brightly? And not hold space, but my ego needs to say, hey, my manager, look at me. Look at what I'm doing. The team speaks for you. And that's an interesting, I think, challenge with that. Same as with um, business owners. You said you, you excel at your job and you get promoted. Super duper. Now you're a leader. Uh-oh, new job. You become amazing at your craft of what you do. You then launch your own business. And now you've got to do all the nurturing for your your customers for your strangers and your sales and your marketing and take on more responsibilities of the business side of things rather than just do the job that you're good at again that shift in identity is it can be overwhelming it can be too much and it can be let's talk about the joy because i know you're you're big personally on finding the joy in life you want to go surfing you want to enjoy what you do and make a super impact taking on so much and pivoting and not quite being ready what's the impact on on your joy what's the impact on the stress or the overwhelm and and sort of life in general what have you seen for me i i really keep my vision of where i'm going in the forefront right um the the background of my desktop is a picture of my fiance when we're hiking in the narrows at Zion in Utah, right? And so the adventure of entrepreneurship is is really exciting and mm. it brings a lot of joy, right? I love learning. And so learning the different aspects of being an entrepreneur and owning my own business is really awesome. And finding ways to create impact for our clients, that brings me joy, right? Mm. Seeing the fruits of my labor benefit them is yeah. really just, I, I can, you know, I can go surfing anytime I want. I live in California, but being able to create that impact for somebody and have them call me up a couple of weeks later and say, oh my gosh, like finally had that conversation with this person and it worked. We've got a and solution. The, and the world place. didn't blow up and the business yeah. didn't burn to the ground and they didn't hate me. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's a beautiful moment. 
the part that they didn't hate me is like so key. I'm glad that you said that because that yeah. is really at the heart, right? People, uh -huh. especially entrepreneurs, um, they know that the people that work for them care, right? They, I mean, as a startup, it's kind of hard to get people to work for you. There's not, yeah. not a lot of, you know, um, longevity in, in your business a lot of times. And so to get people that aren't related or your best friend to come and work for you might be a little difficult to convince them. And so mm -hmm. making sure that those people don't hate you for asking them to do more or be more productive or to communicate better is is really important and at the forefront of why a lot of managers or entrepreneurs don't bring things up because yeah. they they really care about the people that work with them and they want them to be happy. I don't I don't I've never met anybody that is like, "Oh, I hate my staff. They suck. I want them to go home and leave their miserable lives." Mm. Right? I mean, there's definitely managers that have like a trouble employee that they're like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with this person." Right? Like, I just wish that they would find another job, right? Yeah. But they're not wishing ill on this person well, let me right? let me add to that point and i'm gonna be yeah. a bit, little bit confrontational here so oh yeah. let's hope you don't hate me after this <laughs> you say that they they want they want the best of the people so obviously they don't want them to hate them but they do want the best they want them to succeed and i'm like do you do you really because the reason i ask that not me not you personally well maybe okay. there'll be situations <laughs> where you can relate yeah. to this yeah do you really because if you really said you cared if you really wanted to help them, you would find that ability to have that hard conversation. If you really wanted them to succeed, you would help them through that challenge that you can see that you know the answer to. If you really wanted your, your prospects, strangers to join your, buy your products, join your course, whatever it might be, buy your book, whatever offer you have, if you really wanted that, you would make the sales conversations. You would make that reach out You'd hold them accountable and say, hey, you say you want this and you're not doing anything to get, go after it. What's up with that? I think that level of comfort and caring what people think, is that the destroyer of dreams? It is. <laughs> caring, caring what people think is definitely the destroyer of dreams, right? Because if you care, you're really going to hold them to account, right? Like if you, you know, if, if your dad smokes, right? You're never going to tell, no, you're never going to stop telling him to not smoke, right? You're never going to stop because you care about him. But why don't we, you know, do that in the workplace? Why don't we mm -hmm. do that in our businesses? Why don't we do that with our network saying like, I see you're having these challenges. Please yeah. let me help you. Even okay. if you like give them a nugget for free or, you know, do something like we should be holding them to account and we should be having these conversations with them. We should yeah. be caring about them enough to do this, but we are so afraid of that confrontation and we allow it to kind of ruin that, right? Most people know when they're not doing a good job, unless something's been miscommunicated to them and it's just an honest mistake, which isn't usually the case in my experience people know that something might not be above board, right? They might mm -hmm. be like, oh, I, 
yeah, I, I come in late, you know, three or four times a week or, or, you know, I don't always finish my report by the deadline or, you know, whatever it is, they know and you're letting them skate. Now, and one so, thing you said that, yeah. especially with um, yeah. Yeah, a, a father who who smokes and you will never not try and, st- and tell them, help them try and do this. Now, I think just in that example, there is the curse of the business owner, the curse of the business owner who wants to create an impact, who is passion led, like, oh my gosh, the world needs this. If only everyone could understand and implement and use this, they would be better. The knock on effect, the indirect impact is huge. That is, I feel the curse because while that's glorious and humbling and beautiful, focus, focus comes in. If you're focusing so much on your dad, for example, who is a smoker, then what if you shifted your attention to these hundred people who actually wanted help to overcome that? Maybe that person will start to see that. But I think it's so easy for us all. Maybe this comes back into the management. I'm not sure how this this ties in, but I think from a business owner, it's huge. Where are we all focusing our time on the people who we we know we can help them? They need our stuff. However, they're not aware. They don't want it. Do you find personally with your business, whether it's recently or um or as you've been growing, do you find that you you focus on communicating or trying to help people who realistically you know you can help but just aren't quite ready just aren't quite there and how does that impact you as you with this desire with this knowledge to help so i don't leave them behind i make sure that that door is always open and that they know that that door is always open right whatever you need i'm here for you here's my number here's my email address call us anytime. Here's, here's a freebie Mm -hmm. from my business, right? Like if it helps you just let me know, I'm going to check in with you. Or do you mind if I check in with you? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But going and helping those other hundred people, definitely like, why not? Right. Like that's where you make the impact and then sharing the transformation that you've helped be the cause for these hundred people with that one right? Like that's, that's how you move and inspire people to, to change and to grow within themselves, right? They have to see something in it for them, right? Like maybe, maybe my transformation of quitting smoking or whatever, I've never smoked, but you know, maybe my transformation of quitting smoking doesn't resonate with you, Mark, but, but maybe, you know, Steve's really does. And so, by me or Steve sharing that journey or transformation with you, it might be the cause mm. that you need to be moved, touched, or inspired to seek that transformation for yourself. Yeah. And now back into the realm of you, you are not for everyone. Maybe yeah. what you have is what you need, but maybe they need to hear it from a different source in a different way, in different language, whatever it might be. Maybe at a slightly different time. Who knows? Again, where what did we say when we first started this? It's that not addressing those issues. It's not a problem right now. Mm-hmm. Cool. You haven't seen the knock on effect. You haven't seen the impact. Um, it's where experiential understanding comes in. Oh my gosh, as kids, we, we're idiots. We don't listen to a word we're told. We get all this amazing advice like, ah, I can do it. It's fine. Oh yes, that does hurt. I'm not doing yeah. that again. Right? 
that was too fast. <laughs> we we still need to go through that. And we need to have that that pain or whatever it is. Or don't touch that thing. Oh, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. No ouch consequence. Absolutely. So we can still share as much as we can. Sometimes we still need to feel that consequence. And it's like, ah, uh, yeah. Can someone help me to do this? Because I don't want that to happen again. That's a, a brief way of talking about the levels of, of awareness. And it's within business, within management, within crumbs, all aspects. It's kind of crucial. So with your evolution, with your next steps, as you grow your business and try and make even more impacts in the world, what what are you looking forward to the most? And what can you see on the horizon that's like, oh, yeah, there's, I'm not looking forward to this bit. So the part that I'm looking forward to the most is kind of growing our community so that, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, I may not be for everybody, right? So the way that I explain something or the way that we put it in our course, it might not resonate with everybody. And so we're actually trying to grow our community through a manager support group, right? On Facebook. And we want people to share their own experiences with things. And so we're starting to kind of ask some different questions about what people's challenges are. And if anybody wants to share, like they can, you know, kind of discuss amongst themselves and then hopefully kind of build those relationships where, you know, if you Mm. and I, Mark, are kind of in that same sort of boat, right, with a challenging employee or, you know, a certain stage of our business, like you and I can be, can make a connection and then be there sort of for each other. Right. Like you don't, you don't need, you know, high road to make that connection and continue to be there and hold your hand and tell you and I to connect with each other. You can, you know, go off and be each other's support as well. And I think that that's so important uh, for managers to be able to reach out and have somebody there to, you know, just kind of, not necessarily, I don't want to say unload because what a terrible connotation on each other, but um, just, you know, have somebody there to listen and be able to have somebody to relate to. And I think Mm. that's really important. And sometimes as managers or entrepreneurs, it's really lonely there. And it's hard not to kind of have almost like one employee Mm. or something like that, that ends up hearing a lot of things, right? That may be they really shouldn't. And so spoiler alert, caution all managers, don't choose an employee and unload all your all your garbage on them. Uh, find somebody else that doesn't work for you yeah. to talk to and to be your support system. Um, and then the second part of that question, um, what is something I'm kind of not looking forward to or is kind of daunting out in the future? Um, Gosh, I don't know. Um, maybe getting to the point that we're we're a little big where, I mean, like that point where it might be a little too much for me and my business partner to handle. Yeah. And, and now we're, you know, kind of trying to see and balance over that little hump to, to scaling much larger. Yeah, nice. A little bit of fear of the, the unknown. I'm not quite sure what that's going to be like. I'm not sure what that is the goal. I want to be that, but yes, I don't know what, what glory or what challenges that's going to 
bring my way. Um, yeah, because yeah, right I'm, now I'm in California and she's in New York, right? So if we're going to be growing our team, I, I'm assuming they're going to be remote, but how do we find that person? What does that look like? What are their roles going to be? Right mm. now we're we're really good and balanced in sort of our roles in the business. And so, um, right, like how, how are we going to find somebody that's just really perfect to complement where we're at in the business at that point? Yeah. So it's really interesting oh, to think about. Fun and games coming your way. You're going to love yeah. it. You're going to love, hate it. There's the comfort right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crumbs. Being at this place of, of comfort, like what you're doing is amazing. It's, it's had that foundational level, that level of comfort. Maybe yeah. the same as in management, that level of comfort. Do you want to take on this new role and responsibility? What's going to come with that? Again, we're back to comfort being the killer of dreams. Oh my yeah. word. What do we say offline when you we were chatting away for a while? Um, uncomfort is the only place where growth truly exists. Yeah. Right. So, Absolutely. so true. Absolutely. Right. So I'm excited. I'm excited about the challenge, but also, yeah, it's it's unknown. We'll have to kind of figure it out when we get there. All right. Cheers to the unknown. Love Cheers. that. <laughs> Look, if people want to find out more about, about you and the amazing work that you do, where can they find you? High Road Management Training com, and I'm on LinkedIn as Cheryl Salazar. Awesome stuff. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing not only some help, advice and tips, but also behind the scenes, what you're going through as the business owner. It's fascinating. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.